0: Hello, listeners. Hello. I'm Andrew. I'm Rachel. And this is It Could Happen Here.
1: It is not the name of this podcast. <laughs> what is
0: the name of this podcast?
1: Armchair Apocrypha.
0: That's right. This is the podcast where armchair experts tell possibly true stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel is back from vacation. How is it?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's right. Shit. It, Vegas good. <laughs> is good.
0: It's real good.
1: Sorry. Like, if I get spaced out. Is like <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: You've already forgotten about it.
1: I've already forgotten. I'm already looking forward to my next one. Yeah. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was really nice there. The weather and like the scenery was just breathtaking. I nice. went on a hike, and turns out I'm not good at gambling. It's <laughs> fine.
0: Well, you won sixty dollars. Oh, last but night, then so... I did
1: horse gambling last night. I did fucking well. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that's where I should start on my gambling. Then
0: was that where you were um, copying Allie or?
1: Actually, no, because she didn't like win anything. Oh, I just no. went on my own, and I ended up with two big wins I was like shit <laughs> so now I've got this big ego and next time I go I'm just gonna
0: lose go everything. crazy yeah, yeah and then lose it all <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works
1: mhm mhm um but yeah now now but I don't think I'm gonna bet on the derby cause I'm not gonna be yeah there this year or anything so
0: are you watching it anywhere or
1: um I think I get off work at five uh-huh. so I'll be back here in time to watch it okay If you want to watch it. I do not. (laughs) I don't even know any of the horses that are in it this year, so. I
0: don't don't want to leave the house or anything that weekend. (laughs) I just want to bunker down and hide inside. Um, Yep. Yeah.
1: That sounds about right. Uh, Mercury. All right. Just give it back to him and we'll proceed. Nice.
0: He just dropped his bone on the table. So rude. So rude, so unprofessional. <laughs> Just like, give me attention.
1: Yep, pretty much. Uh, How was your week?
0: Oh, it was pretty good. It was. Uh, we saw Avengers Endgame on Thursday. Uh, yes, that um, was beautiful. Which uh, I like the movie. Um,
1: I it, loved it.
0: It's kind of structured like a, a mini series, so each hour is like an episode of a mini uh, <laughs> a mini series rather than. Like a cohesive movie, but it was pretty good. Um, but we were we were stuck in the the front row because yeah. we saw it opening night, and I usually don't like watching movies on opening night because it's so crowded. But Matt got us tickets for Katie's birthday. Yeah. So we ended up seeing it Thursday night at like six o'clock, and the theater was almost full, and we got uh we got seats in the front row. We
1: all got together though.
0: Yeah. So we spent. Three hours, like, staring up at the, the oh. screen, um, and there was some visual distortion. So, like, yeah. whenever somebody was in the upper right or upper left corner, uh, I felt like I had gone face blind because I could not tell what their face looked like.
1: Yeah. I don't <laughs> know why they even put fucking chairs there. Right. If you can't see it, It, it was whatever. terrible. Um, well, just, I guess we'll have to see it again. Yeah. Uh,
0: we're talking about going and sitting it once the crowds die down mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, at yeah. like, Baxter like a Tuesday.
1: Sounds awesome.
0: The cheap seats. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then yesterday I just went up to Lawrenceburg and, yeah. uh, bought a new floor lamp, Woo-hoo. which looks pretty good.
1: Yep. Gotta turn it on when we <laughs> finish this. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. That's
1: about
0: it. We lost at Trivia on Tuesday. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's all right.
0: We did all right up until the final question.
1: Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> but we did good until the final question. We
0: we did good until the final question. Uh, do you want to get into this week's episode?
1: I do. I'm ready.
0: Sounds good. Have you ever heard of Gertrude Boyarsky?
1: Chef Boyardee? No. Now then.
0: Gertie Boyarsky.
1: No, I've not.
0: All right. Uh, Gertrude Gertie Boyarsky was born in 1922 uh, she was a teenager with a family and a home until Germans invaded her town of Derachan, Poland. The Nazis forced the town's Jews into a ghetto, but Gertrude's father, a butcher and a house painter, was regarded by the Germans as a useful Jew. So the Boyarskis were moved to a guarded building just in front of the ghetto's entrance. Okay. Uh, on July 24th, 1942, I think most of us know what, uh, what happened that night, the Germans came through and were... Uh, slaughtering innocent people um, The Boyarski ma- fam- The Boyarski family managed to escape to a nearby forest uh, They attempted to join up with a partisan unit um, Gertie's brother, uh, father, and others from their ghetto Had to prove themselves by attacking at the town's police station Barehanded, without weapons
1: Damn
0: Yep uh, they killed the guards and took over the station's weapons and ammunition stash, gaining interest into the partisan group. In the months that followed, Gertie saw her mother, father, sister, and brother murdered before her eyes in surprise attacks by German soldiers and by anti-Semitic Poles. Bereft of family and seeking revenge, she left the shelter of the family camp where she had been living and sought to join a different partisan detachment under the leadership of the Russian commander, Bulyak, who initially brushed her off gertie insisted i want to fight and take revenge for my whole family commander bullock thought that this was the most russian sounding phrase that he had (laughs) ever heard um and so he he agreed to take her in but in order to prove herself she had to stand guard alone in the woods a mile from the partisan encampment for two weeks i don't like these these entrance examinations they sound hardcore
1: they do sound fucking hardcore andrew
0: She said, I was alone in the woods. Each time I I would hear a little noise, I thought it was the Germans. Two weeks. It was like two years to me. Yeah. Uh, Gertie persisted and was accepted into the group. uh, And she was able to fight as a partisan for three years, aggressively attacking German soldiers who came to the, uh, the surrounding villages. Um, On International Women's Day of the next year, Gertie and her friends, both still in their teens, volunteered to demolish a wooden bridge used by the Germans. However, they had no supplies, so they asked for kerosene and straw at a local village. When the villagers replied that they had none, the two partisans unslung their rifles and gave them five minutes to find the supplies. Oh, shit. The villagers found the supplies. Oh, they did. Did they? (laughs) Um, when the German soldiers saw the fire that Gertie and her friend had lit they began shooting at the bridge but Gertie and her friend stuck around to toss burning chunks of bridge into the river until it was destroyed we didn't chicken out Gertie no. would later say um, after the war Gertie married a fellow partisan and they settled in the United States um, but she said that the memories of her time during the war would always haunt her throughout her entire life and that is Gertie Boyarski, one of the uh, Polish and Russian partisans who fought in World War II.
1: You know why I love a good World War <laughs> II story. Come on, buddy. There we go.
0: So what do you have for us this week?
1: I have something a little different.
0: Okay, what do you have?
1: So I have not just one person, but several people. So since the Derby is coming up for us, and that's kind of big here in Louisville. Mm-hmm and in the state, and in horse racing in general, Mm -hmm. I decided to tell you about um, a list of some famous women in horse racing.
0: Famous women in horse racing. Yes. Got
1: it. Um, I got this mostly from one article. They did a fabulous job, so I copied them a lot. There's a Bustle article about it.
0: Okay.
1: So, here's our opener. (laughs) While female trainers and horse owners have been fairly commonplace at the Kentucky Derby since the 1940s, it's a very difficult story when it comes to jockeys. In fact, in the race's 142-year history, only six women have ever ridden in the Kentucky Derby, and the numbers don't get much better when looking um, at American horse racing as a whole. Mm-hmm. Overall, women roughly make up only 10% of professional jockeys. According to the San Diego Tribune, um, just 75% out of the seven hundred and fifty jockeys licensed in two thousand thirteen, were women.
0: Seventy
1: five. Yeah. Wow. For the pioneering women of horse racing, breaking into the traditionally male-dominated sport hasn't been easy. In nineteen sixty nine, the entrance of Diane Crump as the first female jockey to compete in a pari mutual or a betting race, basically, um, was so controversial she needed a police escort at the event. Mm-hmm. Um. They were catcalls, Crump recently told CNN. People said, go home, cook dinner, you need to go to the kitchen, you don't need about here getting other jockeys killed. What? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Since Crump's first controversial competition, a handful of other women have gone on to compete as professional jockeys inspired by the pioneering women that came before them. So here are some of them. So the first one is a horse owned by a woman wins the Kentucky Derby. Mm. I go into detail more about some than others because some have like more history and background and others are just kind of like a little blip in the radar and history. Okay. So according to Kentucky Derby history, a thoroughbred by the name of Elwood helped women break into the sport of competitive horse racing in 1904. Elwood was both the first Derby winner to have been bred and owned by a woman. Okay. Bred by J.B. Prather elwood was nominated for the 1904 kentucky derby by his owner laska durnell what a cool name Alaska. laska it's like alaska but without the a although most of the then few female horse owners used their husband's name when entering races laska nominated elwood under her own name and reportedly without her husband's knowledge <laughs> that's all i really said about her unfortunately <laughs> next is horse racing's first licensed female jockey okay so, in 1968, the U.S. Olympic equestrian, Kathy Kushner, Kuzner...
0: Is like, it Kuzner or Kushner?
1: Kuzner. There's no H, so it's K-U-S-N-E-R. Okay. Became the first female licensed uh, female jockey after she sued the Maryland Racing Commission for denying her application for a jockey's license on the basis of her gender. Yeah. Um, Kathy joined the U.S. equestrian she- team in 1962 and. Rode in the Olympics in 1964, 1968, and 1972. She divided her time between showing jumpers and exercising thoroughbreds on the racetrack while riding in unrecognized races. Um, she said she expected women to start getting jockey licenses after the Civil Rights Act of 1963, but when no woman had made the move after four years, she reluctantly submitted her application to the Maryland Racing Commission. I didn't enjoy publicity, she said. I knew. Whoever did that would, be, would lose on an anonymity. anonymity. I hate some of <laughs> these things, yeah. But the publicity also attracted funding for the year-long battle. Uh, Kathy said her only real obstacle was the racing commission. The jockeys were great from day one, she said. Among her strongest backers, she said, were jockeys Angel Co- Co- uh, Cordero and that Sandy Holly. Uh, male Sandy. Her lawyer throughout the landmark case, Audrey Melbourne, is now a judge in Maryland. Just a little, another extra fun fact. Nice. So, this is like the third person they put on this list, is kind of what we started off with. A woman competes in a betting race for the first time. So, in 1969, Diane Crump, who kind of like I think ignited this article in the first place, became the first female jockey to take part in a race when she rode Brittle and Bit. At Hyiloch Park. I don't know where that is. I forgot to look it up. <laughs> um, and that's really all it says about her, which is can, or at least on that part. Because we're gonna go into her a little bit more now. Um she was also the first woman, obviously, to win on a betting race track on yeah. American major track. Jesus, it's just so many words. <laughs> words. Although words, words, words. um I'll get get them later. Although Diane was the first female jockey to compete in a betting race, it was Barbara Jo Rubin who became the first woman rider to win one of these races, held on a major American track when she rode Cohesion to Victory in Charlestown in 1969. And then, of course, we're going to go back to Diane. I don't know why they didn't do her all in one spot, because it's not like it's from least interesting to most interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. So, a woman, the first woman to ride in the Kentucky Derby for the first time was actually the next year later in 1970. Our good old friend Diane Crump Crump was the first female jockey to ride. She finished 15th out of a field of 17 that day. Okay. While she was the first female jockey to ever actually ride in the Run for the Roses, Mm -hmm. she wasn't the first woman to try. Toward the end of 1968, Penny Ann Early, who had been granted a jockey's license shortly after Kathy was... What was her name? um penny penny ann Anne, middle name early
0: early okay
1: i know it's like first middle. yeah shortly after kathy was denied the chance to become the first woman to compete in the kentucky derby when the male jockeys boycotted the race to keep her from participating because people are shit Mm -hmm. prior to 1970 no female jockey had ever ridden the world's most famous horse race the kentucky derby um all changed on May 2nd when Milford, Connecticut native Diane Crump saddled up on a horse named Fathom and made her way to the starting gate. Um, the journey to the line was not easy. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> in her first race at Hallel Park, oh, racetrack in Florida in 1969, out of fear for her safety, this is what we already said, she needed police escort, um, during subsequent races, like throughout that year, she had to fight through crowds of angry spectators who spewed hatred that they believed would ruin the sport of horse racing. Um, So like I said, she she came 15th out of 17. Um, Her strength and persistence inspired women jockeys for years to come. Today, although they are still the minority in the sport of kings, I didn't know that that's what it was called, (laughs) several dozen women make their living as professional jockeys in North America. So now we're going to go to another one. The first female jockey to ride in the Preakness. So, you know, like the Triple Crown, you got the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. Mm-hmm. So, Patricia Cooksey, the second woman to ride in the Kentucky Derby, marked another major milestone um, for one version. She became the first female jockey to compete in the Preakness in 1985 while we'll riding Tajawa. So, the first female jockey to ride in the Derby was seven in 1970, so only eight, or 15 years later is when a female rode in the Preakness.
0: Damn. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And then, here we go, a woman wins one of the Triple Crown races for the first time. So, in 1993, so eight years later after that, Julie Crone won the Belmont Stakes, making her the first female jockey to win a Triple Crown race. She would later go on to become the first woman to win the Breeders' Cup in 2003, ten years later. Um, and then, we have two more, They're, and these are short because they wouldn't give me too much more, but Horse Racing's Hall of Fame finally welcomes a woman. What year? Uh, let you know, following <laughs> a career filled with major accomplishments, back to Julie Crone, she became the first woman to be inducted into the National Museum Racing Hall of Fame in two thousand. So, she won three thousand five hundred races in her career. Wow! Yeah, shit. <laughs> um, and then we're gonna go on to Rosie, Rosie Nabrevnik. nabrovnik Yep. She said a new best for female riders and the Kentucky Derby. Although no female jockey has ever won the Kentucky Derby yet, Rosie became the highest-placing female jockey, Teresa Churchill Downs, in 2013, when she finished fifth with My Lute. And I totally remember that horse, because I think I bet on it um, as, like, because it was, like, not a super long shot, but yeah. it would have been a good payout if, yeah. he had, if he had won.
0: I was not here at that time, I don't think. This is, like, right when I came back from college, yeah. yeah.
1: And I probably, like, went to a house thing and bet on some horses. but Because I totally remember that horse's name. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the reason I remember that name, because I really only remember Derby ones, they probably made a big deal about the female jockey, too. Yeah,
0: they probably did.
1: So, that's some kind of fun stuff about... uh, female jockeys
0: and a little bit about derby
1: and a little bit about derby i could have d- <laughs> gone into derby but yeah i decided not to i mean i know it pretty well i yeah. feel like but i that thought didn't really occur to me till now but right oh well <laughs> i'm not gonna do it next week derby will be long gone by then okay yeah because this will come out the day after derby right
0: uh yes Did you guys absolutely. see that horse race it was crazy right <laughs> I can't believe oh I won. Yeah,
1: crazy. So glad I bet on them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally not going to edit this and put their name. Even though I said at the beginning of this I I wasn't going to bet. Um, so yeah, our our stories were very different. Today.
1: Yeah, they were. Mine involved jockeys. Yours involved World War II. And the
0: partisan groups. Yep.
1: But. No, no, I think that was kind of interesting. I came across it the other day. I was like, oh, this might be something fun to talk about.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. (laughs) In a (laughs) high note. You want to get out of here? Yeah. Sounds good. This is going to be a a short episode today.
1: We'll call it a mini episode.
0: We'll call it a minisode.
1: A minisode, yeah, yeah, I like it.
0: All right. All right. As always, you can find us uh, on our website at Mm -hmm. absintheactivismarts.wordpress.com Both of my books are now available on Amazon as either Kindle or paperback editions. So we've got uh, In the Shadows of My Mind, it's my Southern Noir, Um, and then we've got uh, Red Hats and Black Masks, which is my pulpy anti-fascist novel. Um, We've got uh, Kate Work, we've got kate work
1: (laughs) katie's artwork
0: we've got uh artwork from katie uh white's up on the site she is open on commissions we have confirmed this with her um we've got music from joshua paul brooks we've got a dog walking under our feet (laughs) um we've got music from chet osmond and joshua paul brooks um go check it out they're good um we go are see on,
1: Avengers Endgame. Go see Avengers
0: <laughs> Endgame and let us know uh, if you liked it, if you didn't like it. Um, how you felt about the fan service in the third act. Um, <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook at Absinthe Activism Arts. Um, we are on Twitter at Absinthe Act Arts. We now have, I think, three tweets.
1: Um, oh, we do. Yeah.
0: So we're working our way up. Um I am on the Fediverse at uh, AWM Rights on Mastodon and AWM Rights on Jibberfish. Um, diaspora, is it Diaspora? I can't remember. Uh, I'm on jibberfish.social. <laughs> um, you can check out photos of Mercury on my Instagram at yes, AWM Rights. Um, do we have anything else? I think we're good. Oh, uh, Patreon. Oh, just kidding. Um, if you feel like giving us money, supporting the podcast, you can uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash Um And I think that is it for real this time. Mercury <laughs> is swinging his tail in my face. Yep, hurry before first you first on me. That's all for this week, listeners. You all have a good <laughs> week, uh, and we will see you next time. Yes. Bye.